0: in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit one god amen today is the fourth sunday of the holy 50 days and we read um, christ speaking to us about being the light of the world just as he is the light we read in john 12 while you have the light believe in the light that you may become sons of light and so the idea that for the longest time that all of humanity dwelt in darkness away from god without illumination without enlightenment without salvation And yet the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world as the light, and he imparted this light on us so that we also would become light and become sons of light. Last week we spoke about the immoral escape, the times where we try to escape from God or to escape from judgment or to escape from self-examination or to escape from any good work because we do not want to be in the presence of God or to be in the presence of this light, but to be actually in the darkness to be hidden to be to be kind of away from the the light to be seen so that our we we do not know ourselves fully and that we do not want god to judge us for our deeds today we're speaking about the opposite which is the righteous escape which is the escape from this darkness to the light which is the escape from what is immoral and sinful to god so we can speak about a few points regarding how is it that we escape from evil and from sin as God has called us to do. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we are very negatively influenced or we are under a lot of pressure to sin or we are experiencing a lot of temptation. And in those moments, God is calling us to leave. He's calling us to flee, to escape, not to think that we are strong enough to stand up against sin and temptation, but that we, God gives us this opportunity um, to escape. What are some ways of the righteous escape? How is it the righteous escape? <clears throat> the first is to escape to God. In Psalm 60, 62, it says, In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. He is the one that we go to <clears throat> for salvation, for refuge. Whenever we are struggling with anything in the world or whether we are experiencing temptation or whether we are suffering in some way, we find refuge in God himself. We can't find refuge in any other thing because many of the problems that we face in the world cannot be solved by any human being. You know, we're very, very much, we we enjoy speaking to our friends, to people that are close to us, to tell them how is it that we feel about different things. And we might have long conversations with people, getting their advice and just venting our emotions and our feelings toward them. But in the end, those people that we are speaking to have no real power, have no real authority. Maybe we feel better about our situation because we share it with another person, but that person is not actually able to affect any change in the situation itself how much more then should we go to God and we tell him our feelings and we explain to him what we are experiencing because he is the one who actually has the power to change. He is the one who can actually change our situation for the better and he can change us so that we can be more able to accept and to tolerate and to endure and persevere in the midst of kind of suffering that we are experiencing so here the psalmist says god is my salvation he is the rock and strength how is it that we escape to him we escape to him in prayer when we set ourselves apart from everything else in the world and we focus only on him speaking to him we escape to him through reading of his word in the bible because we read in the word of god all of his promises and all of his glories and all of the things that he has called us to do and all the promises he has made that we can place our trust in it and know that God indeed is our refuge and strength we can see all the examples of how he was with all of the prophets all of the patriarchs all of the servants of the Lord throughout all of history and how they experienced so many different things and yet God delivered them from them all. We escape to God also in the liturgy. We commune with him in the sacraments. We partake of his body and blood and we are in, in, in like seeking refuge in him. We seek refuge in him in spiritual retreat. Spiritual retreat meaning that we separate ourselves from the world and the distractions that are in it and we give us ourselves a time to focus simply on him. Away from the business of the world, away from other people that are distractions to us, away from all of the desires of this life and the attachments that are in it. Now, we place ourselves simply in the presence of God only, and in this we can find refuge and escape. So this is the first type of escape. The second type of righteous escape is escaping evil company. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. There are often people that we spend time with that are the source of our problem. They are the source of our temptation. They are the source of our fall. Because maybe we enjoy spending time with them, or we have been friends with them for a long time, we find it difficult to separate ourselves from them because we enjoy their company. And yet, if we are honest with ourselves, we might find that these people are actually a bad influence f- to us. And they are the ones who are actually causing us to fall many times because we fall, follow their lead. So God is calling us to escape evil company. It is one thing for us to serve others, but it is another to allow that person to influence me and to be entangled with them. Yes, we are called to serve all people, but being in the presence of certain people can be harmful to me. And so I should not consider myself to be strong enough to be in that presence and to be able to endure. So I have to escape evil company. I have to be very wise and discerning of how is it that I choose my acquaintances and my friends and to realize that even when I acknowledge that certain things that they do are wrong, it still has an impact on me. It still has a negative effect on me. I am influenced simply by being in the presence of evil. Even if I acknowledge as evil, even if I know that it is evil, even if I try my best to, to not fall into the evil, simply being in the presence of evil, it will rub off on me. It's like being in water. I realize that it's water, and I realize that I am in the water, but yet I am still wet from the water. There is no way to protect myself from it as long as I allow myself to be in the midst of it. So God calls us to flee. Whenever we are in, in, the, in bad company, not thinking again that I am strong enough to be in the company of these people and yet not do what is it they do, I flee and I run away to protect myself. The third type of the righteous escape is escaping, escaping other sinful influences, environments, uh, places that I should not be. When, when Lot, for instance, was living in the city of Sodom, he was negatively impacted by the whole environment there. And, and, and to the point where that Sodom was going to be destroyed by God, and yet before this, God told Lot, go and escape. Do not remain in this place of destruction that is going to be destroyed. Joseph as well, when he was in the presence of Potiphar's wife, and this sinful environment where she wanted to, to lure him into sin, he did not try to argue with her. He did not try to to argue with himself or to make himself believe that he could still remain in the house and be secure and, and protect himself from sin, but he fled away, even leaving behind his garment in the haste that he left. We should be fleeing offenses in all kinds of inappropriate places and actions and discussions. Sometimes we are uh, in the midst of people that are discussing certain topics and those topics are defiling. Those topics lead us to temptation and to sin or to gossip. Again, how is it that we deal with that? We should remove ourselves from those environments. In uh, Second Peter chapter 2, St. Peter says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, turn from the holy commandment delivered to them this is a very strong rebuke that is coming from saint peter he's saying those people who are now believers those people who have chosen to escape from the pollutions of the world from the defilement that is in the world through the knowledge of the lord jesus christ if they allow themselves to be entangled again into these very things that they left the latter end is worse for them than the beginning because now having received enlightenment, having received the grace of the Holy Spirit, choosing on their own to go back to this lifestyle again, it is, it, is, it is a greater judgment on them and it is a greater difficulty to escape from this now than it was at the beginning. So we are called to escape sinful influences. We are called not to remain in them but to fight against them and to flee from them. The fourth type of righteous escape is escaping the corrupted doctrine we find ourselves there are many people that are preaching all kinds of different things and maybe there are some teachings and some preachings that is clearly wrong maybe people who are preaching other religions or other gods and we look at those things and we say no we we don't believe these things but there is some doctrine that sounds very very close to being right some things that sound right or half right and we are very easily taken up by them because we don't really have a deep uh, understanding of our own faith. In 2 John chapter 1, it says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. If anyone comes teaching a different doctrine, what is it the apostles taught? Do not invite him to your house, do not greet him, do not be associated with him in any way. St. Paul actually he said that if he himself comes later in the future with any doctrine different than what he had already preached, to reject him. He said if an angel from heaven were to come with any other doctrine, to reject it. This says something about the importance of holding fast to what is it that we have received, to the teachings that we have in the church, to the way that we understand salvation, the scriptures, the sacraments, all that the Lord Jesus Christ taught. He wanted us to learn it, the truth because he said the truth is what sets us free. But the world wants to introduce corruption into the word of God, wants to introduce corruption, which maybe from some people's perspective, there could be small variations here and there. But the reason that the devil begins these variations is to start to implant in us doubt over the word of God itself so that we would one day doubt the entire thing. It starts with very, very small steps to eventually to lead us to reject God completely. And we see this in in, in many people that used to be very strong in faith, but over time they strayed and they fell away without having a good and steadfast foundation in the scripture. So we are called to escape this. We should not go to a place where we know that we are being taught something that is incorrect something that is faulty, something that is corrupted. We want to maintain our faith, just like the example before about being in the presence of, the e- of evil, that it rubs off on us. Also being in the presence of corrupted and wrong doctrine rubs off on us as well. We want to protect ourselves from this. We want to read, to understand the truth. We want to listen to sermons so that we can again be established in the faith. The last um, example of the righteous escape is escaping the system of the world. We should not measure ourselves by the things that are in the world. We should not value the things in the world or value things according to the system of the world. We should should look to the promises that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us, which were actually far greater than any reward that we might seek in the world. We see the way that the world operates. The greatest things that they can look forward to, are the things that perish, are the things that are temporary, are the things that people seek, and then one day it will all be taken away from them. The way they value things, the way they measure themselves and the way they measure others, the way they live in a, uh, with, a, with a slavery to sin, with a slavery to lust, with an attachment to the world and to the flesh and to the lust and to the, to the money and to the power, all the things that we see in the world, we should escape from the system. We should not be a part of it. And while, of course, we cannot escape the the earth itself, and we cannot go and live in complete isolation away from all these things, we escape from it in our hearts. We escape from it because even though we are forced to be part of it, yet we do not allow the world to live in us. St. Peter, again, he says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We are looking forward to the things that God provides. We are not saying simply cancel the world and do not be part of the world and remain completely like with nothing. No, we we are saying embrace the things that God has called us for. Embrace the identity that God has called us for. Seek the things that God is offering to us. Live according to the calling that God has offered to us. Be fulfilled and satisfied with the things that God is offering to us because he offers us what is truly life-giving. He offers us what is what is genuine. The world offers us what appears to be attractive, but then when you take it, you find that it is poisonous. You find that it is corrupted. You find that it is empty. You find that it brings nothing by sadness and despair and loneliness. While it looks attractive, what the world offers brings no value in the end. And anyone who has tried it knows. King Solomon is a great example, who has tried all things in the world through his great wealth and power, and yet in the end he said that it is all vanity. I've tried it and it hasn't given me any satisfaction or any fulfillment. So as we live in this life, if all of our focus, if all of our goals, if all of my desires are tied up with the goals of this life, the things that I want to attain, the things that I want to own, the accomplishments that I want to have, if this is only all that I consider, then I actually am seeking things that I will definitely lose. They will definitely be taken from me and they will not abide or last forever. So when we escape the world system, we, re- we realize and understand that the things that God is actually offering to us are permanent. They are not temporary. They don't just last for a period of time and then they are taken away, but they last forever. And so we seek these things from God and we see his promises to us, that he offers us a life, an eternal life with him in a glorious place, a place that is far removed from the, the sadness and despair that we find in this world. And so we should not live according to the world system. However, if we find ourselves more and more attached to the world, it makes us to forget that our citizenship is actually in heaven. It makes us to realize that we are called for something greater than what the rest of the world is called for. Which is why, as believers, we should spend so much time with each other to remind ourselves, to encourage one another, to remind ourselves that we are living for a higher standard, we are having a greater goal, we are not simply living like the rest of the world does. This does not mean that we hate the people in the world. There's a difference actually between hating the world and hating the people in the world. We hate the system because actually who created the system? The devil created the system. And all the people that are a part of it are victims of the system. We want to free these people from the system just as we ourselves want to be free from it. And so we ask God to protect us from it, to make us realize the pitfalls in it, and to allow us to be able to bring other people to salvation as well. So last week we spoke about the immoral escape the the escaping from God himself. And today we spoke about the righteous escape. We escape to God in the midst of our struggles. We escape evil company that are a bad influence on us. We escape sinful influences and environments that are going to bring us temptation and fall. We escape the corrupted doctrine and people who are uh, misleading us about the truth causing us to fall away. And finally, we escape the world system, which is a source of corruption, and we should not be clinging to it, or desire it, or have our hearts set on it, because what God offers us actually is far greater than the system that is in the world. So as the Lord Jesus Christ said that he is the light, and he is bringing us into the light, and that we have become sons of light, to become the sons of light, we escape from the darkness we escape from the world and we embrace everything that the lord jesus christ has given us and again during these holy 50 days we remember the power of the resurrection and how he has resurrected us from death to life to, from death to life and he has brought us from darkness to light and glory be to god forever amen